Hey, everybody, this is Brian Trendler, and I run a little podcast here called Shut Up and Laugh. Come out of the Pacific Northwest. For any of you listening to me in North Korea, I don't know how to say hello, but maybe Google Translator can jump in at some point. Um, I am doing a weekly podcast where I have an opportunity to sit down with some pretty amazing people on a, well, on a weekly basis. And I'm having a lot of fun interviewing people from every single Gosh, every single career, every single category you can imagine, shapes, sizes, colors, creeds, I don't care. If they're sitting across from me, I've got at least an iota of respect for them, and I want to hear their story on Shut Up and Laugh. So everybody give a warm podcast round of applause for um, a guy who I like to think is a um, is a friend of mine. He's he's a pretty cool cat, and he uh, he's going to hit me up probably later for calling him that. But his name is Silas Lindenstein, everybody. Um, Thank you so much, man. How you, you got doing? it right. I did. I got it. I've been practicing. I'm I'm super stoked about that. Even my principal never got it right. Yeah, I I kind of want to go Lindenstein or something and like hit the Germanic accent. Von Lindenstein. Von Lindenstein. You know yep. something, but that seems awkward. So how you doing? Good. 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 It's good to see you, man. I love your lair. <laughs> my lair. Yes. Yeah. My, my home office I'm just, podcasting. Yeah. I'm just staring at Star area. Wars posters. Isn't it great? This is like a tribute for you. I know. It's, it seems sort of sexual. It, it, well, it's yeah, for me. Okay. I, I don't know why you went there. Well, um, although Star Princess Wars. Leia did get me through puberty. Uh, Princess Leia. <laughs> you, you, yeah. you just touched, like, your, uh, touched yourself kind of in a Princess Leia. frontal chestial area. Now I it's, we're gonna wrap this up, folks. Thanks for <laughs> thanks what for is listening. uh you know when I was uh when I was a kid, you know, like you see yourself through the main characters, right? So you saw yourself like through Luke. Luke was your who you're uh, going through, right? I was more of a Han Solo guy well, myself. Maybe. He's not know? the lead, he wasn't the lead in the first one. But but, but then he the, had all the good lines. Yeah. Luke was a whiny bitch, let's face it. Oh yeah. He really was. But we're getting ahead I, of ourselves yeah. too. We're getting ahead of ourselves. And so I'm, I'm going to just for a moment really end. Speaking of whiny bitches, I will, Silas Lindenstein. <laughs> I, I, I will have everyone notice, um, again, this works so great on a non-broadcasted show, that you've got Star Wars behind me. Yeah. The other side, you've got some Star Wars. You also have Doctor Who in the corner. Who? Oh, God, I can't believe you just did that. Uh, and then we have a little Frank Lloyd Wright tribute to some of the uh, little art pieces. And then we've got my Blu-ray collection conveniently covered by the majority of my podcasting wall. But anyway, it's a mixed bag here. It's good. But, no, but it's nice. It's tasteful. Yeah. It's not, I would never have made it look nice. And yeah, that's my problem. Yeah. Well, this isn't an effort to make it look nice. You haven't been to my house, have you? No, I've never, never been invited. Oh, well. You yeah, been? there we are. <laughs> Again, thanks for listening, folks. It's it's been fun. <laughs> click. Um, I just did click on a podcast. That click, that yeah. doesn't that doesn't translate. Well, nobody well. clicks now anyway. No one clicks at all. Okay. There's no click. Um, all right. So listen, man. Episode nine. You're on nine. my episode I'm in the top number ten. nine, baby. Yeah, yeah. top ten. Um, again, thank you so much for taking the time to come here. I'm gonna have some fun with you today. Okay. And, uh, looking forward to asking you some questions, uh, pointing out a few things that you can you can tell me it's either the right or wrong because I did some dirty little background checking uh -oh. on you. Uh, so we're going to go ahead and cover that first. You can All just right. shake your head up and down, but that doesn't really work again on yeah. podcasting world. So make sure you chime in with that masculine voice of yours that's threatening to overpower me. That's right. Yes, that's 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 good. I have had a couple quiet people on the uh, show so far, and I've had to like purposely back up from the mic so I'm making sure I don't blast them out. Oh, anything. So okay. It, it's it's nice to have someone that yeah. matches my decibel. Abs absolutely. A damn professional. Okay. So you've been married since 2012 to the lovely Gretchen. 
Yes, to that one. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you first I thought you were gonna say you've been married Three. since nineteen ninety-eight. <laughs> yes, but to two different people. Oh, that's right. You had a practice wife also. I did. Okay, okay. Well these the things starter happen. deck. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't heard that one. That's yeah. that's good. Um yeah, there's many poker j- jokes now, and I, I want to bring into this, and I'm just not going to. Okay. Like, any, um, no, I'm not going to go there. Um, you live in Seattle. Yeah. You're very shoreline. ambiguous. Yeah. Okay, yeah, because it just says Seattle. Like, all yeah, over, well, because, yeah, again, Seattle. It just says Seattle. Nobody cares. People call this know. area Seattle. They're like the greater Seattle area. I'm See, like, I'm from Boston. It's, Am I from Boston? No. No, not really. <laughs> but you were born in Millis? Millis, Massachusetts. Uh, I was. I went it? to junior high and high school out there. Okay. I was born in Anaheim, California. Okay. See, that is nowhere. I could not find that anywhere other than doing a social security have, number check on you, which I you actually know, know people. Silas Lundenstein. The yeah. problem with that name. It came up with the Jew. I can't. It was weird. I can't hide it. <laughs> like I can't hide myself from blood identity. Well, people want to find out. They will. Yeah. I was actually thought I was born in the city of Orange. Okay. Until two years ago. Okay, because I hadn't really. I, for some reason, in my head, it's Orange County. Yeah, and I just thought I was in the city of Orange. Is Orange and Orange County two separate things? Yeah. Have I there's just learned the city something? of Orange? Oh, in Orange County, and the then there colors. is a, uh, and then there's Anaheim. Boy, with the political atmosphere right now, I bet you they're really regretting some of their choices. In Orange? Yeah. I'm not sure what's happened there <laughs> in the city. I know what's happening everywhere else. <sighs> okay. But we're not going to go there. That we do not cover here okay. on Shut Up and Laugh. So for those of you who don't know this gentleman, Silas, um, he's a stand-up comedian. And he's a damn good one. But at the same time, given the look on his face, I don't. I have a feeling he doesn't just want to be known as a comedian. Because he does a ton of other things, too. And we'll get to some of that in a minute. But you also are a real estate broker. Yes. Yes. And that is with, I just lost it on my notes. Skyline, Skyline Pro- Properties. Skyline Properties. Now, yeah. are they a standalone brokerage or are they also part of a larger umbrella? In, no, in, they're the lar- they're actually the largest independent brokerage in okay. Washington. We have like okay. 800 agents. Wow. Under that one umbrella. I was going to say. Different offices. I've seen the office is pretty, it's actually not that big. <laughs> yeah. Well, in there. they have different branches. Okay. But it's all under one, there's one main Dude and is end. that just it's not Washington a franchise. state or is it? Yeah, they're only in Washington. Okay. But, so it's not like, you know, a Keller Williams that has, there's that name, but you can open up your own branch yeah, and sure. then you got 20 sure. people there and then another 20 and another yep. that's owned by somebody else. So that's a franchise. Yep. And ours is just an independent. Okay. One, one, one owner. And what made you choose them over any one of the other ones out there? I'm st- stubbornness. Okay. Partly. Um, I don't like people telling me how I should do things. Oh, okay. Generally. I would have known that about you. Well, yeah. Um, well, <laughs> so I didn't want to, I was like, I'm not going to be a normal broker. I don't want to, I don't want people to tell me, uh, well, one, like you can't have, I can't have office hours. You're not telling me when I have to come yeah. to work. Yeah. Um, I want to pretty much be able to do advertising the way I wanted to do mm-hmm. it. And th- as long as I pay them my fee, they don't really care yeah. what I do. As long yeah. as I follow the law, okay. just follow the law. I can do advertising the way I want. Okay. So, not, so you don't have a quota. You're not going to get canned no, if you don't right, sell a house right. a quarter or something like that. Yeah. And okay. so, you know, mm-hmm. so it's a nice place to hang my hat as I was loosely getting into it and trying to transition because I had had, had little children too at the same time. Yeah. So I needed to, I needed flexibility. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and I, I knew I just didn't want to be like every agent that I couldn't stand okay. on Facebook and everywhere else. I didn't want to be, and I knew this would give me some freedom. Cool. You know? All right. So last but not least, uh, you went to California State University in Chico? Yes. And you studied theta art. Yes. Theta with an R-E, everybody, just in case you don't know the difference. Yes. It's theta uh, art. Theater is the act of doing it. You, and you, theater, you said it wrong. ER, it's theater. Theater with <laughs> ER is where you go. Mm-hmm. Theater is where you go theater. to yeah. watch something. Yeah. yeah. Theater is the, the verb. That's an important distinction. It so is. You didn't go to college to watch theater. You actually, boom. Went to do theater. You did it. Actually, I went to college <laughs> to study film. Yeah. Film studies. Yeah. How'd that work out for you? They cut the they cut it <laughs> they the cut. year I got there. <laughs> so it was under the communications department was yeah. this filmmaking thing. I was like, oh, that sounds cool, and I want to go to I want to do film. I want to go to film school anyway. So this will be this will be great. And yeah. I got there and they cut it. I was like, so I'm just a communications major now. Okay, yeah. wow. And then I was taking an acting class. And- so I, I have almost as traumatic of a story. I went to Cornish College of the Arts up in Seattle oh, when they were yeah. totally up on Capitol Hill. Right next to St. Mark's Cathedral, yeah, beautiful facility, just gorgeous, great college, right? Or so you thought. I went in there, wanted to have my degree, wanted to study graphic design, illustration, possibly do a little like fine art and sculpture, you know, with yeah. an RE and not an ER. No. Um, and the second, and the other borderline requirement was no English and no math. It's an art school, right? So I had like ish visions of fame and, you know, dancers in the yeah. hallway and everyone smoking and stuff. Right. And actually that happened too. But <laughs> the the year I joined that college, they integrated in required, not math, thank God, because I never would have gotten out, but English. Okay. So like English 101 basic stuff. Like, Wait, they didn't have freaking... English as a requirement? No, because it's an art school. You go there for your art. You're heavily focused. Like I said, think fame. Okay. You remember the fame yeah. show. Okay. Everyone's okay. Fo- everyone's Jennifer Beals or whoever that right. hot chick was. Coco, you know, yeah. whatever. Um, they they, insti- they instituted, inst- instated, whatever, made everyone take an English 101 exam to see where you qualify. And you could either get out of it. Because you knew enough about what a freaking verb and noun yeah. was and all this crap, or you had to go through an English one on one class. I bombed the test so incredibly bad. And then I proceeded to fail English 101, my native and native only language. tongue. Yeah. Because I, because you were, we, we were literally doing that freaking, you, you write the sentence, then you draw the little tree branch underneath it and you start to yeah. dissect and do whatever the, goddamn hell that was yeah i had to do that for my freshman year do all that crap that i never paid attention in high school or middle school about i'm doing it in college and then i failed the class it was a pass fail class. i had to take it again did you pass it i finally passed it but it was the most grueling god-awful experience I, it was, I don't think it's asking too much for somebody with the advanced well, secondary degree to pass an English class. It was the most embarrassing thing. Yeah. I'm not a test taker. I right. suck balls at test taking. Yeah. And it was the worst thing ever. And the funniest thing what if is the test was <laughs> well and and yeah, well then I would have passed. Oh uh, no, but the the funny thing is the teacher was a uh, she was I- Iranian. 
she like had the whole head wrap and could right. never see like most of her face, the whole nine yards. Really? She's teaching us English. And I thought she hated me. I really because did. You couldn't see her mouth. But, did, well, but, and we never made like, there was no, like the, there was no racism. There was no yeah. joke. She was a really cool teacher. Her name was Anna and it doesn't really sound Iranian, but whatever. And she was also literally getting us to do poetry so she took it to a weird level. This is yeah. why this is honestly why I failed. She took it to a, a real level uh-huh. of weirdness. She had us memorize the states and the capitals. And I'm like, this is hmm. not English 101. This is like, you know, like I I I, I don't know. What like what the hell is that? Geography and right. Americanism and stuff. And it was the most god awful nightmare ever. So I, I I'm lingering too much on that, but it was a complete nightmare. We haven't even gotten through the introductions here. Oh my god! Oh my god! It was crazy. So I don't care if your one class was canceled or your degree was canceled because you have a degree in theater. I have the theater. Theater. Which is a lot of reading. Exactly. And which writing. immediately means I'm going to go do stand up comedy. Right. Which is how what? we met. Yeah. It's I mean, like the, it's, I, yeah. A long time later. I, it, it, oh, well, yeah. A long time ago. Yeah. Because I've only been doing the laugh Like graduated the in 97. For so. Two and a half yeah. years in that regard. So. Okay. But damn, it hasn't been a whirlwind friendship ever since. I tell it you. It has. We're closer the than. The ups, the downs, the sideways. Yeah. yeah. We're, we're closer than two completely separate sides <laughs> of the coin. But I'm trying here, man. I really am. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to hit you with questions for our listening audience who maybe hasn't keyed in on any of these podcast episodes already. And if you haven't, there's eight more behind this one, so you really should. I like hitting my interviewees with questions that they don't expect. Some are easy, okay. some are service level, some can go deep. And then at the very end of this broadcast, we do what's called the James Lipton nod. He was a huge inspiration to me uh, with a lot of the ways I've even handled my business career. I loved his onion dip. Yeah. <laughs> Don't curveball me. This tea. is too early. Just, no, uh, no. James geez. Lipton, the interviewer, the actual scholastic. I like how you teacher. pronounce Lipton, Lipton as if they're both not Lipton. I'm hoping they'll sponsor me. So I'm like <laughs> Lipton I tea. Um, okay. So you ready to dive in? Yeah. Okay. Let's dive. This first thing will make you, or the, this first question will make you incredibly happy. Um, you had my business partner, Marcel and uh, Marcel Allen. Yeah. And myself. On your podcast, yes, boom! That's the sound of a mic dropping for everyone who's who's curious. Seattle's uh, longest uh, running longest comedy podcast, pod- comedy podcast that you know, probably, yeah. probably. Um, I want you to tell me about it. Um, what does it stand for? What are you hoping that it's actually being accomplished by it? And um, where do you hope to take it? Even and most important, why haven't you asked me to be a substitute host on times when you're white? Me- <gasps> Is it really that? Couldn't you have a black? Or We've had you have um, a half and I've cream? had Joseph. You could have Green half out. and cream. The episode. only reason. <laughs> Sorry, Joseph. I, I could the be only, your Moo Creamer. Joseph Greenhour. I've had him on. He's the only white co-host he we've had is, once. Dude, Elmer's because, called and wants to sponsor yeah, him. He's so white. He lives five minutes from the studio. That's why he was on. To be a host, a co-host, a support host, I would, I would make the trek. You soul I'm just train. Saying, soul. I, I would soul train uh, my white ass over there and help you guys. Soul out. man. I'm just saying. You'd take the pills. Yeah. Hey, um, black and a half. <laughs> yeah. It. Okay. Black and a half. So 
Manny's the black mm-hmm. of the half, yeah. right? That was the joke starting. <laughs> um, we, um, you know, I just was doing, I was, I had my own little podcast um, called Comedic Wisdom. Mm-hmm. I was trying, at that point, it was like, I was trying to learn about comedy. I was new and I was trying to have more experienced comics on yeah. to talk. Yeah. And so to help me learn about comedy with the idea that maybe after a few years, then it switches. Then I'm the experienced oh, one. Look at you. But uh, I was doing that podcast, and then Manny asked, said, like, hey, we should talk about doing one together. And I was like, oh, my gosh, yeah. He said from the parlor. That'd be cool. And I liked the idea. And then we – so we tried one out, and we had really great chemistry. Mm -hmm. Like, just on – like, for some reason, we were just on it together. Yeah. And so – yeah, so we started doing there. The the whole goal originally was I actually had a no-comic rule. For the in the beginning, I yeah. didn't want any comics on the show except okay. us. Yeah, I wanted to interview creatives of anything else, music, um, theater, laugh tag, uh, act, just laugh tag. Yeah, um, anybody creating something, I wanted to have on. The reason I didn't want comics was I felt like every podcast was was people bringing their their comic friends on. Sure. Yeah, and I was like, I don't want to just be another one. With I want something different about it. Yeah. So I want, and I wanted an outside guest usually on each one. So uh, we did that, and without really, there was there was really no intention around it behind besides interviewing creatives and seeing how they got to be yeah. where they are. Sure, um, and you know, having and just kind of to, to have fun with it. There was nothing. There was no mission behind it. But after after a while, I think I started seeing it as like, you know, this is interesting. We we bring these creatives on and, and learn about them, but ultimately we end up just talking about what's going on in the world. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a what I think is important about the podcast is it's it's the point you're hearing about pop culture and politics and social frameworks. From the point of view of two black nerds. Yeah. And there's not a lot of shows like that. No. That at least no. not famous ones that I know enough. Certainly not any that are the longest running in in Seattle. That you know. Uh, that I know. <laughs> probably. Um, you know, so I thought it was I do think it's interesting in that perspective. Uh just just to hear our points of view. Mm-hmm. And you know, so finally because of schedules and stuff, we did start doing some just the two of us. And yeah. I was like, oh, this is actually still not bad. But I never wanted I didn't want to do that for a while. I was like, well, that's just what we do. We just sit and talk. So that's not interesting. And I was like, and I've actually been like, no, these are actually fun when it's just the two of us sitting, especially if we haven't seen each other in a while in a little bit. Yeah. And then it's like catching up and then talking about things that we haven't maybe we've talked online a little bit. Um but now I'm trying to bring it. I do try to make the three. I like the I like the dynamic we get with three people. Yeah. So it's not just me and him going back and forth. Do you guys prep each other and what the material is, or do you just have like a loose agenda? Because I know you didn't have shit when, when no. Marcel and I sat down with you guys. It, uh, so I like the style we, of okay. WTF. <clears throat> okay. Um, Good. Of Aisha Tyler, her girl on guy podcast mm-hmm. was. She doesn't even like to research her guests. Yeah. Once she knows she's going to have someone on, she just wants to. She, she wants to discover everything. Yeah. And I sort of, I love that about her podcast. And mm-hmm. so I want to do the same. So I actually purposefully don't tell Manny much about the guest unless oh. there's something he needs to watch beforehand. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I try not to give him too much. I've kind of learned it's more exciting because he doesn't know as much about like filmmaking and stuff 
and 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 you know and novel writing mm-hmm. and so it's interesting to hear the questions that he has yeah. doing that yeah um so yeah it's purposely in the dark but yeah it's a, no it's a fly by the seat cool. type of hands I'll, I'll sometimes make a list now of things i want to touch on if we're getting ahead in our podcast i have to be a little like for a few weeks ahead mm-hmm. then i actually have to write down some topics because we can't talk about current events yeah because like oh that happened that would have happened three weeks ago yeah. so that's kind of silly so um and then lately i've actually enjoyed some of our focused episodes like mm-hmm. to talk about game of thrones yeah like, we're just talking about game of thrones and how yeah. it wrapped up and then we talked about the marvel cinematic universe coming to a the, the first i wanted stages. to be on that one yeah i was that that's what made me angry at you i was like i wanted uh, new people on that no. hadn't been on yet just saying just it's saying. uh yeah so there's so it's evolved and where it's going um i'm not sure i always had this i did have this dream of mm-hmm. because manny manny's a little more uh he gets booked on bigger things than I I, I do, mm-hmm. and for me, I would podcast is my favorite. Podcasting is my favorite thing to do. If I could, that would be my full time job. Oh wow! Is just to interview people. Okay, that's it. Just I turn on that it. Patreon account and just yeah, it's just on. Show Feel a little to skin too, and just just do what the audience yeah. wants. Oh, I, I just I love <laughs> interviewing people. Please don't do that part. Okay, okay. So I'm more into it, and I have this dream of like these of these like. We have Samantha Rund has been on several times. Mm-hmm. She's a she's a, like me. She's she's a half. So she's it's our half and half episodes. Yeah. 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 So I can um, see why there's a, the attraction. Yeah. So and uh, our other folks that we've had on, um, uh, Jasmine. Uh, she's a, an author. Jasmine mm-hmm. Silvera, a great author, and she's been on the guest host. So like I've tried to get other black 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 people. So it's still called Black and a Half. I yeah. still want that. Yeah. Um, as hosts, um, the representation is important. And could could you just have an Oreo episode though? Like just yeah. put the white guy in the middle. What you know? And just have what's the middle? Is that the well, it's just the, the middle, just I'd be I have a mic. I'd be the white guy. And then you have two We do have white people on the okay, show. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> you have okay. um you have seven hundred thousand other I know podcasts. I, know. I just I that just, are white I, just I was a little hurt. I'm not gonna lie. Marvel Cinematic <laughs> Universe, and you have some other person sharing Who all of this everything. stuff. Every yeah, they scary everything. amount of everything. Yeah. Like beyond, yeah. I, I wouldn't have any actual value to add to that one, other than I'd be like, I like Ant Man. Am I the only one? You know, I was sitting there a lot trying to follow what they were saying. I was like, Whoa, it, it whoa! Felt, it felt like it's you a were level trying to of catch nerd. A yeah, times. a level yeah. of nerd. I, yeah. I Oh, and I loved there, it. There was like blurred explosions yeah. everywhere. Yeah, yeah, it was it was pretty pretty freaking awesome. That was actually one of my favorite episodes so far, except for the one that Marcel and I were on because that yeah. was magical, of course. Um, <laughs> I don't remember the number of that one. I should be able to like shout it out to everybody. Go listen to episode fifty five or something. I yeah, have no idea. No idea. I should go back and find out. Okay, let's go through a couple more questions. Um, we spent way too much time on your podcast, and yeah. I love that because you deserve it. Um, by the way, again. It's a brilliant show. I love what you guys are doing, and I hope it lasts until a gajillion yeah. episodes because it rightfully should. Episode you guys gajillion. Are doing episode gajillion. See, that just sounds sexy. Yeah. I don't know how many zeros are in that, though. We we may have to have a, like a listener mm-hmm. leave me a voicemail on anchor.fm uh, to uh, you know give how me an zeros? idea of how many zeros are in a gajillion. It seems legit. There's a gajillion. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's actually a good point. 
Listeners, don't bother leaving a voicemail. We just solved no. it. Okay. So let's talk about real quick because we've got about seven minutes left before we take a quick break for yeah. one of our sponsors and then we'll come back. Uh, but then we're, we're, we're only going to have 30 more minutes to get yeah. down and dirty with you. Um, I want to talk about your like your style, your your humor. And I want to hear how... Can you do this in, in, in five minutes or less? Um, talk to me about where your ability to laugh either at yourself, a situation or with others has really come across and kind of saved the day, whether that's for you or for the people around you, because you have a really unique view on humor and what makes mm -hmm. you laugh and laughter in general. So can you, can you touch upon that? So I was thinking about this a lot yeah. because- uh, you would ask me like, think about some stories of what laughter. And I was like, you know what? I don't know. I'm not even sure how I got to comedy yeah. to some degree. Yeah. And what I was thinking about was, I don't think that I never sought. I used to seek out comedy to watch. Okay. I used to seek out comedy as an escape um, from a household that was filled with domestic violence. Okay. Right. And it wasn't consciously looking at that, but I definitely sought out. I loved comedy. Mm -hmm. I loved looking at that. And I think for me, it was an escapism. I didn't, and maybe it was just absorbing it over the years. Um, it wasn't until I went to college that I even thought I might have a sense of humor. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because when I started doing acting scenes, I kept making people laugh. And I wasn't trying to. Yeah. Like, I was like, I'm just, I remember having a discussion with my roommate. Like, I'm like, but I did nothing funny in that. He's like, yeah. no, but you were just so intense and you just kept, you were so honest. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's the thing is like, for me, I discovered comedy in just trying to find the truth. I love that. Yeah. Because theater, for me, a theater, a theater and the art of theater are all about discovering the truth. It's about mm -hmm. the truth of the human condition. That's mm -hmm. what I go to see a play for. Yeah, yeah. And in me just trying to find that truth, I found humor. And that's where I think a lot of comedy, that's where comedy, that's where stand-up comedy lies. It is that observation of truth that we find funny mm -hmm. uh, in, in the faults of ourselves. I think that was, you know, my dad used to send me albums all the time, George Carlin, Richard yeah. Pryor, yeah. like, I mean, foul mouth stuff, but he just sent tapes to me for me to listen to. Mm -hmm. he, didn't, he didn't care <laughs> at all. Smothers brothers. I grew up on Smothers brothers, Bill Cosby, all, all like, yeah. I mean, think of my dad, my dad sending is Smothers brothers and Richard Pryor. They have nothing in common Don't. except laughter. Yeah. Right. And so I was getting inundated. So I, that's how I even now, like, I'm not like into blue comedy or, you know, foul mouth comedy, I should say, mm -hmm. or into clean comedy. I'm just into comedy. Like, I just want, I just want to be funny. That's all I really yeah. care about. Yeah. I don't have a, um, and as I've, you know, I started off in stand up comedy, sort of trying to manipulate an act, I think, because, I was old enough that I thought if I'm going to do this, I need to make money quick. Yeah. And I, at this age, I need to get to making money fast. And I knew that clean comics made money. And so when I started, I avoided really 
doing much dirty stuff yeah, at all or touchy topics right yeah i was like i'll just stick to the clean stuff and it was yeah. funny and i had a kid and i want my kid to be able to watch my humor yeah. was my thought at the time um i think over the years i'm eight years eight years in now eight and a half and i've definitely written dirty over the last few years but i think it's just more honest to mm-hmm. a degree mm-hmm. it's just it's just a little more of my truth I can write a clean joke and I find humor in a lot of clean things. Um, so if I'm on a show, I can, no, I can do my clean stuff and I have some clean stuff that I can talk about. Um, yeah. But the truth of how I talk in the day to day life is a little, little, little racier, yeah. I think. And, yeah. um, but I'm still not, I don't like to, I don't like to be gross though. Yeah. I really don't like gross humor. You you have more observational humor. Yeah. You have like reactive humor. Not that you're throwing like a, a bomb out in the audience and waiting to see who reacts, but right. you have very intelligent, witty humor. And like, I, I don't like saying like, you're like a one-liner guy, but you have those quips and one-liners that do affect the audience a certain way. And then you kind of ride that wave. Yeah. I like that. So. I've like always that. loved that about your uh, humor. So, okay. So listen, um, we actually are going to take a quick break. We're yeah. going to take a step back, have, um, I feel like it's back in the old days, station identification, but we're going to have um, a little spot here for one of our sponsors. And then we'll come right back and we'll have more of uh, what's shaping up to be a pretty interesting interview with a local Pacific Northwest comedian, Silas Lindenstein. We'll be right back. Hey, everybody, this is Brian Trendler again from the Shut Up and Laugh podcast series. If you think you know everything about Facebook and YouTube marketing, guess what? You are absolutely incorrect. You probably can learn a lot. And that's why I want to welcome one of the new sponsors to the show, Dreamosity. Uh, Marcel Allen is the woman to speak with regarding getting to know so much more and actually possibly finessing what you already know to be effective with your social marketing and your outreach efforts. She's a content consultant, a social media manager, and she also considers herself a seagull trainer. If you'd like to know what that is, you'll need to contact her. Go to dreamosity.com. That's D-R-E-A-M-O-S-I-T-Y.com. Everybody, this is a shout out for all of you absolutely crazy pet lovers out there. Whether it's a dog, whether it's a cat or multiple animals, you will do amazing and sometimes unconventional things for your animals. I appreciate that. That's why I'm proud to welcome in one of our newest sponsors, LT's Pet Sitting, offering pet sitting in your home. This doubles as house sitting for you. Think about that. Think of the peace of mind that you will have when you know that she is staying overnight, taking care of your animals, and even texting you updates and pictures of your little loved ones running around having a good time. You get to lower your animal stress. She offers drop-ins and overnights, as mentioned, and you can check out all of her pricing and her incredible reviews online on Facebook. So that's simply facebook.com forward slash LTS pet sitting. Check out her reviews. You'll be thankful that you did. And most important, your beloved animals will too.
And we're back, everybody. Thank you for listening. My name is Brian Trendler, and I run a podcast called Shut Up and Laugh. Every single week, I get to sit across from some pretty amazing individuals. And today, we're listening, uh, well, you're listening, and I am speaking with Silas Lindenstein. He is a- Still here. Still there. From two minutes ago. Feet away from me. (laughs) Two minutes ago. Yeah, it's a phenomenal, (laughs) phenomenal experience there. He didn't get up and go, which is phenomenal. Um, But no, uh, he's a local Pacific Northwest comedian. He also works for Skyline uh, Properties. He's a real estate broker. He's a father. He's a husband. He's a really, really great guy. If you've never cornered him in the street, which might be awkward and shake in his hand and said, you know, talk to me, tell me about your life story. Now's the chance. Just the virtual version. So you ready to jump back in? Yeah, let's do it. You having a little fun? Yeah, here? like regular gainers. Okay. <laughs> Did, Smack my he, forehead. I was yeah, going to say, he whacked his forehead. Yeah, that's what I... There's no violence here on the uh, on the show. Um, okay, so we just got done with uh, a, a, a question about really um, some strong a strong example he has about humor and laughter and how he addresses that, um, you know, with his uh, comedic career and some of the other things that he dabbles in. Um, now I want to get into something that I find very interesting because on your own personal website, you, you describe yourself as a mocha almond fudge oh of God. stand-up comedy. Oh my God. Not very right dark, there. but not very <laughs> light, bringing balance to the force of comedy, sweet yet savory, and yet just the perfect amount of nuttiness. Now, personally, I'm very uncomfortable right now. Yeah. Uh, because that sounds like a Tinder profile. Right. But at the same time, you you do quote that you have sharp wit and a confusing ethnicity. Um, you examine your life as a father, husband, and want to be starship captain. Again, I don't know where you're going with that, but I know that that's the blurred in you yeah. coming out. Um, tell me about that, and how do you how do you expect people to react when they read stuff like this? I have no, you know what that I I don't I've been made fun of for that bio. <laughs> I but I also make fun of other people's bios because yeah. I'm like yeah like what bios suck. Bios are really Ra- hard. Razor sharp wit. You yeah. got some razor sharp wit. What's going to make you interested in me? I don't know. Um, <laughs> the mocha almond fudge. Because I was like, you know what? I'm not. Here's the thing. Like, I'm not a black comic. You're cappuccino. I'm not. I, I see more of a cappuccino complexion. Yeah. Let's be honest. Yeah. A little, little too much cream. I'm maybe. not a black comic. No. I don't. Okay. I'm not a white comic. I don't okay. identify as a white comic. Um, whether I'm identified as a white comic. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's totally different. Um, you know, so... I don't know. It's it's bios are very weird, but you know, like I think I do. I do want to be captain of my ship. Mm-hmm. I I do. That's absolutely probably the most truthful thing on there. Yeah, is that it's I've been self employed pretty much. Well, no one wants to be a yeoman either. Since two thousand one, plenty of people want to be yeoman. Well, that's sad. Those th- those are sheeple. They those are the red shirts. I'm just saying. <laughs> those are the disposables. Most people. <laughs> People always tell me that stand-up comedy, they're like, oh my God, you must be so brave to do that. But I'm like, yeah. and I don't think it's brave at all. What for, do you think it is? Well. I think of it as therapy. Yeah. It's it's self-indulgent a lot of the yeah. time. Yeah, it you is. Know? It's, it's like a guilty pleasure. I don't even it? think of it as brave. I've done this since I was young. I've thought, yeah. I've been in front of people. Yeah. It never, never bothered me. Um, and like, I think they're, they're scared of people talking in front of people yeah i think they're scared of being truthful maybe like think about themselves too much sure um and most people want have been trained i think to go to an office they've oh, been yeah. trained to go sit in an office and just and look for a promotion yeah and go skiing uh on the to, weekends yeah, or find some farm. hobby that you can do uh long enough until your bones start hurting you 
and then um you know and then 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 you die then go through all these tapes and die yeah, yeah. <laughs> um and i've always been i've sort of wanted to go that unknown frontier mm-hmm. you know like so since 2002 i've been pretty much self-employed besides like six months a year sure you're here okay or there but even while doing that i still had my own side projects going or i always thought of the job that i had as my side project sure um and so yeah it's, it's me boldly going into anything um as my Boy, wife said these, at our wedding all these star trek references here you're boldly going in frontier yeah. and everything okay i said want to be captain <clears throat> I, know. That's what I, I know i think my my wife said at our wedding at our wedding she's like you what amazed her is just my ability to decide to do something and i just do it mm-hmm. like one day i was like i think i want to try stand-up comedy next thing she knew i was at a stand-up comedy open mic yeah. five to five days That's a week awesome, dude. you know yeah and she's like you just decide to do it and do it and yeah. i'm like why wouldn't you do that yeah and most people live a life in fear and i don't know See, I stopped doing that so long ago. I yeah. mean, I've been an entrepreneur now practically longer than I can even remember. Um, and yes, if pressed, I know the exact time and date where my day job to support my design habit, right, was yeah. pulled out from under me. And it was exactly five days before I was going to get a massively fat paycheck that would have allowed me to give them my three weeks and say, F you, corporate America. Yeah. But um, my, again, my business partner, Marcel told me a few years back how one of the biggest things that she admired about me and the business that we were growing together was the fact that I, I didn't fuck around. If we needed something, I got it, Yeah, you know, or I found a way to get it. Or, you know, I just, I, I, I didn't spend all that time to go, ah, you know, what's our motivation behind this? And do we really need it? And other dimensions going to be okay. Whatever the thing was, the item was, the need was. I just said, oh, okay, I'll be right back. <laughs> I scared, I think I scared the hardest part about corporate America type stuff for me would be the meetings of trying to decide oh on stuff God. because I'm just, I am just a, let's, can we just do it? Let's just yeah. do it. We'll find our way. We'll, we'll find yeah. our way. We'll make it work. I, I, I will never forget. I worked at Microsoft. I was, I wasn't a full-time employee. I wasn't an FTE. I was a, I was an orange badge, you know, I was a contractor, but we literally would have six to eight meetings about the meetings and follow up with the original MSN chat. So chatting between all of these divisions and then simultaneously having the first Cisco Citrix, you know, video calls with the, the, the jaggy screens and, and nothing would get done for two weeks. And then we'd be held accountable for all the stuff that wasn't done. That could have literally been done. Had we just had one face to face. Yeah. You know, it's, Oh my God. Yeah. Make a decision. People. That's what got me to gone. It's, it, it's that simple. So, Okay. Um, <laughs> this is really funny because you, you've actually unintentionally jumped ahead yeah. to some of my questions. And okay. I love that because I want to hear more about how you deal with the fact that you joke about this, but it has to, maybe it hurts. I don't know. But you, you've, you've said before on stage, you've said it in social media that you're not black enough. Yeah. And that that, black hurt, enough. that hurts me to hear that, right? Because I'm like, no, you're black enough. You're going to be okay. You I'm know, black but, enough to be called the N-word, but not black enough to say it. <sighs> yeah, see, that that freaks me out. Plus, yeah. I'm pasty white, so right. I couldn't even think about right. it without feeling massively guilty for something. Yeah. Um, what does this mean to you? How do you handle it? How, has it really been a barrier? But you might have just touched upon that again. Oh, yeah. 
look, when I went when I was going to college, I was so excited yeah. that I was leaving this almost nearly all white high school. Yeah. And I signed up for black studies oh, wow. class. I was like, I'm gonna get black friends. This is gonna be awesome. And then I got there, and then they're talking about how people are like, well, don't you think it's wrong the way the black men are just dating white women? And and like what? And then the the teacher that had taken <laughs> over was like, you know, the basically that's just all going back to uh, the uh, the when the slave wanted the uh, mistress uh, of the of the house. You know, it's it's going back to those times. Like I'm like, what? No, my parents loved each other. What are you talking about? Wow. Like it was, and I ended up. I felt I felt unwelcome there. Like just even as a mixed person, they they didn't believe. A lot of them didn't believe in mixing. I'm like, what? Because this was a time when, like, it's funny because now, like, everyone's mixed. There's so many mixed people. Yeah. But I was growing up, like, I was a trailblazer. My yeah. parents were trailblazers in that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I never, right into college, I didn't feel accepted. And so then I started hanging out in the theater group where I was, like, well, the only black person around, right? So um, you were the Mexican. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. I was the ambiguous guy. But I loved black culture i love minority culture i love being around it so anytime i did get accepted by a group i was i was there um but even now being older i recognize people don't they don't people don't think of me as black and it's not because they're like colorblind and they don't see race and they're just you're just a person to me Mm -hmm. it's because i don't come across as a black from the black culture because i don't i'm not not from a black culture Mm -hmm. i didn't grow up in that but I identify as that. Yeah. I I was called the N word all my life. I was always somebody was always pointing out how black wow. I was, and it wasn't until college that I realized that people didn't see me that way. So I was I was blindsided. Yeah, completely. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. that's ableist. I I <laughs> I I did not expect it. Yeah, and so I've been dealing with that probably mm. since college of not being accepted in 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 the black community or feeling that way overall um but then also not feeling you know i mean i see pictures of me with all the white people and i was like someone looks adopted you know like, <laughs> like, so i always feel like i always feel on the outside of anything i joined comedy and i'm like the only dad i was like the only like everyone else is in their 20s 21 22 year old and i'm like Thankfully, i got a there's family a and dads work. Out there now. there's yeah, yeah. it's yeah. definitely opened up more but like <laughs> i also felt i always feel like I'm on the outside hmm. everywhere. Do you think that's ever going to change? Honestly, I don't know. I don't know if it's me as needing therapy <laughs> to, to, to well, feel yes, like I we determined that yeah, after the first two that. minutes of this show. So, um, I, I, I just, you know, I really, I really don't know. Okay. Like if I'll ever find a, you know, I find groups of people that I feel very comfortable with, mm-hmm. but in the end, my my wife's has family in Roseburg, Oregon, and I go down there, and I can't help but notice that I'm the only, the only. Or I go to my friend's birthday the only party, so I go, you know, "Am I your black friend?" Male, yeah. and they're like, "No, there's other, <laughs> there's other ones. They're just not here right now." Like, I'm just, I'm definitely way, I'm way more aware of it. Yeah, I'm not self conscious about yeah. it really, but yeah. I'm, I'm definitely aware all the time that I'm like. Yeah, I'm the only one with color here. Still, wow. still in this day and age, because all my friends are older. Yeah, so they just who their friends are now. Like younger people is great. It's always mixed, you know. But 
older folk, people that are the same age as me, they've already got their friends. And back then we were a little more segregated. Yeah. Yeah. That's just how it is. Yeah. Crazy. Okay. Um, we actually, I, I think, but, but before we started taping recording, I just dated myself by saying taping. Um, we, 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 we touched upon this. So I'm going to go back to it for a second for the sake of this episode. I want to know what makes you laugh right now. Where do you go to seek solace when you need to relax, blow off some steam, et cetera? I ask this because I don't think people know sometimes nowadays that it's okay to just laugh, even if it's just random, you know, even if it's not planned, it's okay to purposely go find funny in whatever way that manifests. Mm-hmm. How do you do that? I mean, Netflix is my go-to. Okay. Right. Okay. Uh, of that. I mean, me at this point in time, cause I, it used to be going out. I would go out to things, mm-hmm. but now it is a lot of, um, I mean, if I totally want to disconnect with everything, mm-hmm. it is, it is watching, um, finding a show and just not necessarily binge watching, but really I delve into a couple episodes and then I love talking about it with people. Mm-hmm. Um, I do try to find, I find that I, try, I, I think I do find the humor in a lot like of what's going on. Mm-hmm. Like my life, my life pre college was when I look back, it was kind of wretched. Like it was horrible. I was scared all the time. Yeah. There was nothing funny going on in my life. Um, but, so, and so, so was humor more of a shield at that point, whether you're laughing yeah, with others at absolutely. others, were you self-deprecating? It humor was to forget what? about everything. Okay. Yeah. It was to forget about everything. Yeah. Um, I feel you on that. I was self-conscious. I was, mm-hmm. yeah, I was not happy. I was not happy much. Okay. Um, I had a few shiny examples of it. I wouldn't say I was depressed. I just wasn't, I didn't even realize I was unhappy until I escaped. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, this is what joy feels like. Oh, the love of a woman. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that was a leap. It's what? like, <laughs> <Huh>? <laughs> look, I was, I, when I was in high school, I had one, someone I started going out with. Yeah. Uh, I didn't find out till I didn't know why she broke up with me. It just seemed dumb. Like, was I don't get why, what happened? Mm-hmm. I thought we were thing. It was her cousin who told me that. Oh, um, her when it that there's that one day you bumped into her dad, he had no idea that you were black. Oh, till he saw me, and she told him, "Yet you got to end this." I had a prom date that said yes, Mm -hmm. and then had to rescind it when she told her dad who it was Uh. with. Um. And she could only go to the prom. So she had to go with the family friend who was the whitest person in my class. Because mm. um, she was, she was a, like a year younger. Oh, so she pisses me off to hear Yeah, this was shit. that time. This was a time, though, that that happened. It <clears that> was <throat> still an issue. And so, yeah. So race, things, things were not happening. Racially, romantically, uh, mm. wasn't there. It wasn't until college that I started finding, like, oh, this is great. Yeah. Tell you one thing, I, I I realized I coped laughing at my situations just by partly by being a smart ass. I think mm-hmm. I was a smart ass a lot. Yeah. Um yeah. the best example I can give is when I was actually was getting married mm-hmm. 
and my uh, fiance wanted to go work in Montana at this kind of a cafe that she worked at for many summers. And I needed to apply. Like she, we both had to put applications in, but there was a spot for a picture said, put your picture here. And I was like, this is weird. And what she's telling me is these are real liberal folks. Like, I don't, I don't get this picture. And I knew I was going to get the job because they really wanted her to be there and she wasn't going to go without me. So I knew I had the job. So I cut out a picture of uh, Mr. Spock and put him (laughs) in there and sent it in. And when I was there, she, uh, I did find one day she like asked me about it. Like the, the owner was like, is there a reason you put Mr. Spock in? I was like, well, I always feel like the half breed that doesn't quite fit in. And that just came off my tongue. And I was like, whoa, I think that's real actually. <laughs> Holy crap. And, yeah. uh, she, she's like, I wondered if there was a level to it. And it was like, really, I was just being a smart ass when yeah. I did it. But then I but, thought about yeah, it. I was like, Oh, wait there. a second. And that's why. This is why I like Spock. Yeah. Holy crap. I totally identified with oh, yeah. him. And I had no idea until that point that that's what I identified with was his mixed heritage. There's there's something within Leonard Nimoy's, I think, notes or something that his son uncovered that didn't make it into one of his final books where he talks about how he went deep into the character of the half-breed. And how he interviewed a number of mixed oh, folks to figure out some of that stuff yeah. and how to integrate that into the character. Because, you know, he was always dealing with the human side and the Vulcan side. Now, of course, that's that's about as black and white as you can get. And it was risky for TV. But he he tried so hard to bring that stuff out. And apparently that um, I, I, I don't know if, if Gene Roddenberry was really the director the whole time or if other people were. I'm not as much of a Trekkie as some are, but. Yeah, I mean, like a lot of things that he wanted to do with the character were completely not allowed because he wanted to bring out more of mm. of, of that. And instead, it was just like, let's do the Vulcan grip yeah. and all that other weird stuff. But, <laughs> but anyway, oh, but say, like I think I use, I tend to laugh at a lot of what's going on in my life, mm-hmm. good or bad, mm-hmm. and and the painful. And it's why I'm a little insensitive to a lot of things now, like about. Like, I don't understand why anybody in any community, LBGTQ, uh, black, um, women, I- any group, why why we can't laugh at some of these things that we do. Because, like, we know they're messed up. They know it's not how we grew. And I think yeah. we should laugh at it. But instead, we, we worry about, oh, are you punching down? Yeah. Uh, by the way, uh, tell me it's punching down because you're making fun of a black guy as if I'm down. Yeah. Uh, Thank you. Thank you for recognizing that. How about, no, you're not punching down, asshole. I'm above you. I'm better than you. Yeah. Um, Or at least on the same plateau. I mean, come on. It's it's, uh, it's not automatically punching down just because they're black, right? Um, I'm just taller. It's kind of insulting. Yeah. I'm taller. I think we should laugh at everything, and I laugh at myself a lot. And so sometimes I don't even feel like I need TV. I make fun of my. My wife now gets it. It's not me yeah. making fun of her yeah. or stuff. It's just it's me making fun of life yeah. and what, what we're in. And, and that's what you have to do. It's yeah. just social media has created such a level of ultra sensitivity that it's allowed every extremist on every angle. And this is another whole conversation for another comeback episode, right? To just yeah. talk about that on an epic scale. Um can I go goofball for a second? Yeah, goof I want to hit you with something up. that I know I hope you'll love to talk about. Um, and it's completely off 
topic for yeah. what we've been going now. So this is going to be a major curveball, but really it's just, it's fun because I love you like the brother I never wanted. Uh, wait, can I, wait, can I say brother? Cause I'm not black. Can I, can, as long can, as it's still said A. <laughs> brother. Yeah. Okay. I, I sounded really white when I said that though. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, um, dude, Joker. Yeah. Have you seen it? Yeah. Okay. Three minutes. Let's talk about Joker. It's wonderful. What did you think? It was wonderful. It was wonderful, it wasn't was a it? Wonderful. Let's go surface level, kind of sort of deep quickly and talk let's about it. Let's go surface it, level deep. Yeah. It's, come on. Let's do it. Okay. I, I'm just dying to talk to somebody who likes peeling back the layers of the onion, man. Yeah. And it was a fantastic movie. It was beautiful. It was haunting. The soundtrack. I want the soundtrack. Mm -hmm. You know, it's it's incredible. I want. I can never say his name right. Yo Quan, Jim, Joaquin. Jim, Joaquin, whatever the hell his name is. Joaquin. That's a weird name for a white well, dude. Yeah. Um, he needs to win every award out there. Yeah. Um, the director needs to win awards. Yeah. The fact that the first scene in the dilapidated bathroom after Joker, you know, spoiler alert, killed his first two victims. Yeah. Did you know that that was improv? He told no, the no. cameraman and told the director, I'm going to try something, film it. Okay. It was completely it's improv. Great. They had three cameras to film that entire scene. One take, improv. He just he was like a chrysalis in the entire film. He was becoming he was weaving his own thing. He was creating yeah. his own history. He was becoming Joker. I loved it. I what think, do you think? I think if you didn't know the history of DC, yeah. if you didn't know the characters. <clears throat> It would have just seemed like, oh, here's an interesting story about one man's descent into madness. Yeah, and I thought it was, that was great. Yeah, and it didn't. It wasn't superhero driven, or it's it was very grounded yeah. and real, and no and capes, you know, no capes. But I loved seeing how he, um, like a real plausible explanation, sort of. I mean, a Joker in the like, well, how does he become the mad? Uh, how does he become the brilliant genius? I don't know if he's brilliant or not. Oh, uh, yeah, if this, but he's got time. He's got time until Batman's old enough to be Batman. Um, but he, there was nothing I didn't like about the film. Yeah. So yeah. like, what well, a surprise when people did not like it or they thought it was a ode to people so, to white supremacy yeah. or. Or whatnot, I was like, no. They were so I think they were so afraid of inciting violence, and that riots would break out. And I'm like, no, this is literally the people in the film in a messed up Gotham situation grasping and I, and I don't hold think of the chaos. Nobody was a hero in the film, no, right? And no. I don't think he wasn't an antihero. He wasn't an antihero. He did nothing. And okay, so some people did not like that. He, oh, you humanized him. It was like, well, you fucking got to. It's a <laughs> Yeah. The Joker. Yeah. The Joker is just like the Joker's the same as Hitler. Yeah. He's the same as the Columbine kids. Yeah. He These was surprised people, as everyone else was that he suddenly was being viewed as a leader of a movement. He was shocked, you know, when he when they get in like his first henchmen pulled yeah. him out of the car. You know, or, I thought that was freaking great. Or even that, like everybody is a normal human. Yeah. Until something happens, until they're pushed, yeah, and yeah. then they then they become a villain. Then they, you know, and it's so it doesn't say that that's okay what they did. Yes, it does humanize them, and maybe maybe yeah, maybe we should have sympathy. Maybe we should have sympathy for the Columbine kids, you know, for what 
they went through mm-hmm. until that split when they go like, yeah. no, 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 don't do that. <laughs> no, just go go eat too much yeah. or something. You know, don't kill people. Just yeah. drown in cheeseburgers yeah. until you're older and then do stand-up comedy. This was li- <laughs> this was literally just a beautiful creation of a madman. And what I liked about it, I I was thrilled at first about the potential twist. The familiar yeah, 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 yeah. Uh-huh, family uh-huh, possible yeah. thing that they ended up kiboshing. I, I like the fact that they made me think for a second of, oh my God, that's why Batman could never kill Joker. And realistically, it's because, oh my gosh, maybe. Um, and and again, um, by the way, these are all spoilers. So turn this off now if you haven't heard it. But then, then they put the kibosh, but then they put it back on. They unless did you put it, it back okay. on just a little yeah. bit. So we're not quite certain. Yeah. I love it. And little. it was it was beautiful. And then someone else reached out to me on, on social media saying, well, he, he would have been too old then. That's, but that's not actually true because Joker, even if you look at Cesar Romero, yeah. uh, the, the original guy, oh, yeah. he was in his 60s or 50s when he took on the role of Batman. Rosie. And the original DC comic Joker was easily in his 40 to 50 year old range when he took when he became Joker. Okay. Age was the one so, thing I thought about, but then I was like, well, it could it be actually if- lines up. It lines okay. up pretty good. So to have a young Bruce Wayne possibly be touched and even traumatized, holy crap, traumatized yeah. by like the <laughs> Joker, right? Yeah. With the red nose. And then to be, you know, touched for lack of better words, through the bar, grabbed, yeah. and then have the flower and all these things aid to his, you know. Batman's own fanaticism over his own, you know, creation yeah. that he's made. So crazy stuff. I, I'm thrilled that you like it. Yeah, um, no, I, like I want to have coffee with you or drink some point when you're not on your whole, oh, I'm losing weight and being healthy yeah. trip and, you know, figure out more about that film. But right now we're about brevity. Well, a little bit of, <laughs> just a little bit, just because, I mean, but you know what else? What I loved about that film and where I'm bringing it back for the shut up and laugh podcast yeah. is he laughed at everything and people told him something was wrong with him. And it wasn't a well, symptom. It wasn't a yeah. need for a card. It was things he had been through. His own defensive mechanism was to laugh. And then mm. it became a strangulation type of thing. Yeah. So it manifested in something much deeper and darker. Yeah. And for some reason, again, because I'm crazy, I watched that whole movie and I was absolutely enraptured with how he took the laughter and it sounded so fake and it was so forced as he was doing certain things, but then toward the end it became maniacal. Yeah. And it was just, Oh, so well done. Loved <laughs> it. I really did. I want to go see it again. Maybe, yeah. Maybe we can go. Maybe let, let's do it. You took me to a soccer sport thing. Yeah. Least I can do is watch a Joker <laughs> thing with you. Okay. Um, all right. I want to know, I want to know if there's anything else you want to tell our listening audience about your unique, your unique views on humor. Um, is there a nugget for them to take away? Um, something that can really help them if they have a real need. And um, this is just to kind of sum up the Silas Lindenstein experience. Cause afterwards we're going to do the James Lipton. Nugget. Right. Um, I, I, w- I would just say, I think it's okay to laugh at yourself and others, as long as you don't cause pain. I love that. I do. I would change it a smidge and say at yourself and with others, 
because I think that if it's at others, there's almost an almost a implied <laughs> like like it, it can be done to hurt so quickly because yeah. it can be such a sharp edged sword. Um, but I love that about you because I see that in you. And I, you know, I've I've been on the end of those jokes too <laughs> when you've been throwing those those yeah. those quips at me. But the nicest thing, what I love about you the most is that you do it with an honest intent. You know what I mean? Like you do it to get a reaction out of people, not to cause pain, but to cause a smile and to cause a feeling of elation because I've seen you rock the stage. You've been on our laugh deck stage a number of yeah. times, and I've seen you deal with some uh, audiences, audiences that might be questionable too. And you've been, you, you have a resilience to you as well. And, and the skill to be able to navigate through those troubled waters too. Um, I think you're fantastic. I think your career is going to go places. Awesome. Um, way better than Bothell. <laughs> 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 Woohoo. Nowhere to go, but up dude, you've accomplished that. Um, I wish you a ton more success, um, both in your personal life and your business life and your broker career and everything else. And, um, let's end real quick with okay. James Lipton. Yeah. Nod. These yeah. are, these are one word answers. Do the okay. best you can. And then I'll give my little close, which we are definitely running out of time. What is one of your biggest pet peeves? Ignorance. Oh, very good. What is your favorite place you've traveled to or want to? Italy. Oh, okay. If you could be known for one thing only, what would that be? Wit. Outstanding. Okay. I got to be quick. Thank you, Silas and Lindenstein. Stein. Oh, I Stein. did. I did oh it my wrong. Gosh. Stein for being Almost part of this. I'm going to do my broadcast and shout out. Um, Silas, this is for you. This is for everyone out there listening. When you are out there in between these podcasts with everyone around you that you know and love, please be a witness. Be real. Be present to those you care about and love. Why do I ask this of you? I'm challenging you all to try it because sometimes we just need to be together and just take a moment and shut up and laugh. Thanks again.